Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 443, BGG Hotness. We like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. Hi friends, we're back. A little on the stuffy side, but we're back. And we're here to talk about, again, all the board gaming hotness out there. That's rising up, burn up chart, and hopefully hitting your table really soon. Heck yeah. Oh, it's always fun to do this. Kind of run through all the games that are on the hotness, um, new announcements, stuff on Kickstarter, things coming to Essen, all that goodness. So we're going to give you the full rundown of the top 50 and what people are talking about and why. Yeah, it's a really interesting time because obviously all the summer conventions are done. Stuff is hitting tables, which is great. And Essen, again, we'll we'll see another deluge of, like, great games sitting out there. So, hopefully, you've been getting some of this stuff to the table. And, again, there's some mysteries, some oddities, and just some surprises to come up. So, stick with us, and we'll talk about all those great games. But before we get into that, we want to talk a little bit more about our upcoming charity event. So, each year, COVID kind of, <laughs> COVID's its own thing. But each and every year, we try to put together a charity event to support getting more gamers to the table. Now, last week we teased a little bit that we're going to have a charity event in Fanwood, New Jersey on November 4th. It's going to be a Saturday, and I just want to bring you a little more details, but it's going to be up on the website this week. So the charity event that we're working towards, we're working with our friends at Board Games for the Better, and we are working to support Troop 6000. Troop 6000 is a Girl Scout troop in New York City that is a combination of all the Girl Scouts out there that are transitioning from the New York City shelter system into temporary housing. So they are a large and expansive group of young women that are learning wonderful things about the world and to become future leaders. So we want to support them. So along with us, our friends at Board Games for the Better, and local Girl Scout troops in the area, we're going to be having a big board game charity day. So there'll be an opportunity to win raffles, to sell your board games, because, you know, some of us have a little bit more than we need, and to get some great games to the table, and of course, to support a great charity. So there'll be more details this coming week. So check out our website, boardgamersanonymous.com, for the full details. If you're available and in that area, please join us. If not, take a look at the details. Maybe this charity is someone or something that you might want to support, and all the information will be there along with our partners at Board Games for the Better. Thank you so much for your support and getting new people to the table. That's what we're hoping to do here like we do every week. More young people, more women in gaming makes us better as a whole. All right, so before we get into all the fun stuff, Anthony. There's a lot of other stuff going out there. You got some Patreon episodes coming up. Yeah, I do. Um, continuing my deep dive into my top 100 games of all time over on patreon.com slash BGA. Uh, every couple of weeks, I put up a new episode going through 10 more games. So it's going to take a little while to get through all of them. But it's been fun to spend, you know, several minutes talking about each game on the top 100. Talk about why it's there. How many times I've played it. When the last time I played it was. When I got it. Why I keep it. Do I own it? all that good stuff. So uh, those are available on Patreon if you back at the $5 level or higher, um, along with 
Chris's Kicking the Habit episodes every couple weeks. So got bonus content on there for you every single week. Um, either me talking about all the stuff I own or Chris talking about all the things that one of us will own in the future. <laughs> Very much. Do you ever get the bends going down that deep? Does that happen? Sometimes, yeah. No, I'm talking about a game and I'm like, oh, cramps, 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 can't breathe. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you start to look around and you start to look really deep, then, yeah, it, it, it kind of hits you, hits you hard. And again, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon.com. Obviously, it supports us getting the podcast out there and especially, which we just talked about, charity events. So your support makes everything possible. Again, thanks so much. And again, join us on Patreon.com slash BGA. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with us out there. Let's talk about the games that are hitting the table this week. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders. All right. Uh, my acquisition disorder is, I kind of pulled this from the, the BGG hotness, and it's it's one we've kind of talked a little bit about uh, in recent months because it's the new Vladimir Suchi game. Uh, but we got more details coming up soon at uh, Essen. going to be releasing there, and I really want it. So <laughs> that's you don't say. Acquisition disorders. Because uh-huh. I want it. Um, this is called Evacuation. And Suchi actually has two games coming out at Essen. Yes. Um, the other one is an older game re-releasing, Shipyard, which Woo! that's all you, man. That's I love that game. game. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So uh, big Essen for delicious games coming up. And you know what? I'm all about supporting these guys because they don't go to Kickstarter and they release games at a reasonable price. Yes. And there's new ones every year. And whether it's one of my favorites or not, they're generally decent to good. Yes. Too amazing. So I don't know how you're doing it, Suchi, but good on you. <laughs> Keep doing it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so this is called Evacuation, and it is a space game, and it's got kind of that, you know, neon kind of look to it. It's very bright, for which I think it's kind of the current aesthetic for space games. It's less dark, more bright. Um, but this one's a little bit different than your typical space game, which almost exclusively their 4x games um in this one you already have a fully functioning economy and what's happening is that the world is burning up because the sun is getting too big so you got to leave and go to a new planet which means you need to take apart the economy dismantle it and then move it to the new one so effectively you have kind of like this reverse system which suchi is very good at because you have less will and prodigals club games that kind of reverse how you engage with the victory condition of a game um and so as you play the game the income on the old planet the one that's dying kind of shrinks and breaks down and kind of falls apart and so you have to start moving to the new planet and get things moving again so you're not just taking one economy apart you have to build it back up elsewhere um i love that idea it's so clever and it works perfectly with the theme. And I, I don't think we've seen anything like this before. So it's got some pickup and deliver mechanics. It's got cards, of course, because it's a sushi game. Um, and I love, you know, again, like the, the, the aesthetic of it. It's not quite Eno Tool, but it's got enough bright colors to it to give me that kind of vibe without the pastels. Sure. So I'm excited for this one. It's coming out at Essen. So it means we'll get it sometime next year, probably from Rio Grande Games. Um, they usually bring over the delicious game stuff. Uh, and I hope it's good. The last couple Suchi games have been okay, not amazing, 
and I didn't even pick up Messina 1347, mostly because of the theme. So this one I'm very excited for. Looking forward to, to checking out Evacuation sometime next year. Yeah, this is really exciting. And it again, what he does best is that complicated Euro mechanics in a very streamlined way. So when you look at the board, it really has that epic feel to it. And that's what he does is also does amazing with his games. It's like, it's an epic Euro space game and it does really the artwork and the gameplay here are really thematic. So love that, but it's never so cumbersome, like a splatter where you're like, well, I need to break my brain, brain open and just, you know, fry it for a couple of hours and and see what I can do. No, it, it actually, it actually plays thematically kind of like on Mars, that kind of situation where you're going mm. back and forth between the planets and utilizing resources and services. So no, I, I love this. This, this is great. This is definitely at least a must play at the very least, if not a must buy. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, if, if this works, it looks amazing. Absolutely. Well, in my kicking the habit kind of look, I've been, you know, checking out all the fun stuff on Kickstarter. And a recent game kind of drew my attention because it does something I think is just really quality. So typically, I like a lot of types of board games out there and a lot of mechanics out there. One of the types that I'm never really a huge fan of, except when I am, and then I'm like the biggest fan of it, is the co-op games. Because typically, like, you have that kind of alpha leader, and it's kind of like someone's just, it's playing on automatic. Well, there's a new game out. It's called Flock Together, like the birds, Flock Together, an asymmetric co-op game. Uh, Gather your teammates and level up your character to fight off the invading predators in this beautifully immersive game for one to five players. This is currently on Kickstarter. And what's really interesting and drew my attention to it is First off, it's the same artist as Everdale. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Andrew Bosley. I, I know this kind of quaint critters and, you know, barnyard and, you know, woodland creatures out there. That makes that kind of that's kind of interesting, but it's it's not from that publisher. So they're they're taking a different tone with this. It actually plays a little bit like the Red Raven games. Hmm. And Basically, what you're doing is you are one of the chickens in this kind of, you have your own, I guess, quasi-roost slash, like, town community, and you have your own player character, 11 characters in the game. Each of the characters plays slightly different, and this is what really I love about the game. Beyond the kind of typical health points and special abilities and resources that you can collect and actions you could take, each of the characters and the villains in this game has their own little kind of like storybook, little kind of like wired book. And as you go through the game, your character levels up with new abilities. And so do the villains throughout the game too. So as the villains are out there as kind of like threats, and as your hero is kind of growing and learning and gaining special abilities, you kind of flip through the book on your player board or on the big board if it's the villains and you're able to gain more specialties that you need in order to be successful in the game. So it did remind me again, have not played the game, but it did remind me on some level of defenders of the realm (laughs) where you have these characters kind of fighting against all of these predators that are coming in to try and attack the kingdom. And it's cute 
it looks great. It seems to have a really thoughtful kind of play style to it. And even though it's cooperative, it seems like the, the characters play different enough that you can team up in certain occasions or do Euro stuff and kind of build up if, as you need. And then the Predators too, they also gear up and they became they become more deadly and uh, challenging as the game goes on. So there's a lot of variety to this. The, the game production is like top notch. And again, it's really weird and strange to see something out there like this. I'm like, oh, it's a chicken game. I, I'm not, I am not interested at all. But if you scroll down a little bit and if you look through it, it's a fantastic game, fantastic production. Because they're only selling one version of this, which is the deluxe version, it's $79. Oof. But the production looks like it would be a normal deluxe production. So if you're interested in a asymmetric co-op game where you're upgrading and powering up your own particular hero characters and fighting against other kind of baddies while doing a whole bunch of hero stuff, Flock Together is on Kickstarter, and it'll be up there until Thursday, October 12th. That's cute looking. Like I like the artwork. I don't. I don't know that I need another game this way, but like I, I just that that Everdell artwork always got me to buy stuff for that game that I don't necessarily <laughs> need. So it's true. It's true. But it, again, I think the gameplay is a little heavier. It seems yeah. to be. I've not played. There's a lot of paid previews, so take that with a grain of salt. But there is a lot of information on there if it does draw your attention. All right, okay. so those are all the games that we're looking at. Anthony, let's talk about the games that hit the table or the tablet this week, and we'll let people know if those are games are a buy and they should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play and they should sit down and play them, games are a dodge and they should avoid them, or in fact, the games are the dreaded burn and they should just avoid them at all costs. What'd you play this week, <laughs> Anthony? All right, so I, I was going to play some games this weekend, but I actually ended up spending almost the entire weekend uh punching and organizing and trying to learn Voidfall. Mm. So I do have a review that I'm going to get to in a minute for a different game, but I just wanted to talk really quickly about how Voidfall is a ridiculously complicated <laughs> box full of stuff. I don't... What a surprise. Game, <laughs> the game might be brilliant. I haven't gotten that far yet. Sure. But I don't think I've had a game this complex in front of me to learn. Uh -huh. And I don't, I don't know if the game will be that complex to play. It seems like it probably will. But to learn, since I played Comancheria, wow, which was a nine-hour GMT solo game, Woo! so and that took like three days to learn and play. I I just there's so much stuff in the box, and there's like forty little trays for all of it, and everything has like six hundred symbols on it. There's three rule books and like two cheat sheets. Um, they've broken <laughs> the down the rules to. To learning how to play the game into like tutorials and then the tutorials are broken down into like solo co-op versus camp cooperative or competitive and then that's broken down by the different cycles that you're playing through I'm, i have like four books open in front of me downstairs wow like i'm reading and flipping back and forth between and i'm like no i paid for this it was expensive <laughs> yes and i am excited to play it i'm gonna figure this out it's gonna take me all week probably but i'm gonna figure it out Jeez. Um, so I'm just I'm just gonna say this now. Like if you're getting FOMO for this game, if you see people getting them in, and you do not like games like On Mars or Anachrony or Tracarion, just mm -hmm. don't bother. Like yeah. I don't even know what it plays like yet, but I can just tell by the number of things yep. in the box that this is not gonna be a game for you. Um it is a game for me because I love those things, but whew, man, the time to this is gonna take time. It's Mind Clash. 
This is what Mind yeah. Clash does. Mind Clash it does is. Mind Clash stuff. <laughs> the thing is, though, like the last couple of games, I feel like they've been softening a little bit. You know, they had like that Constellation game, that Septima sure. game. Those are lighter. Um, Cerebria, not quite as mind breaking, but this one is like up there with Tricarion and Anachrony, maybe more. It's so much in the pot. Um, and everything I've read has said, do not play this with the full four players. It'll oh, be no. all day. Oh, it's no. It's like, <laughs> not good. Which I could see. Like, it seems like it's going to be a three or four hour game with one or two people. So I don't know that I would want to play with four people because it'd probably take all day and I'd rather play Twilight Imperium. Oh, that's what um, I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't have any anything yet. I'm literally just reviewing the time it took me to. <laughs> it, I just finished setting this up after lunch today. It's been 36 hours since I got it. So um, I will be learning it over the next few days after work. And hopefully by next time we record, I will have played at least the tutorial. <laughs> we will see. There you go. Uh, it's it's exciting. I I It's one of those games, though, that if I'm going to play it with anybody, they're going to have to come to me because the box is enormous. And it oh, weighs boy. like 25 pounds. So, Chris, if you want to play Voidfall, you got to come over. Uh, well, uh, I definitely want to play it. And I, I wanted to back it. You know, tool artwork. I love Mind Clash, even though they 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 desperately need an editor. Uh, like you said, Asp, uh, Estra and Septima, which hasn't come out yet, but I did back that. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's relatively mobile. So I will bring that to you if need be. And, go. but I don't know. Some of their games are just like dinosaurs on an island. You're like, awesome. Cause that, that's mind clash. They, they just swing for the fences. And I'm like, love that. And they're like, it's kind of vague and it's 12 hours and it's 20 bucks. And I'm like, uh, I want to. Yeah, but I'm glad you did with Voidful. I'm glad you're. Yeah, I'm, gl- yeah. I'm glad you're chipping away at it. I'm gonna learn it, and I'm probably gonna play it several times, even though it's gonna take many hours, because it's the kind of game that I I know that if I learn it this week and don't play it for a month and a half, I'm gonna have to relearn it, and I don't want to do that. Gotcha. I'm gonna try to internalize those rules as much as I can. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so that's what I haven't been playing, but what I have been playing, what I did get a chance to play, um, is Race to the Raft. So. This is more cats on more islands. Yes, Chris, it is the quasi sequel to Isle of Cats. No, we're saving cats from a fire. Uh, yeah. All right, I'm 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 down with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Race to the Raft is a game. It's very simple. You have a tableau that you're going to set up at the beginning of the of the game. There's a book full of scenarios that tell you how to set it up. Unlike the Voidfall book of scenarios, this one makes sense and takes five minutes to set up. So that's nice. Uh, you set it up based on like basically the difficulty you want. And you then have to get a certain number of cat meeples to the raft before the fire consumes them. So on the plus side, everything's cute and colorful and you have cats and you're trying to save them. On the downside, especially you have like an eight-year-old daughter, the cats can die. Oh my God. <laughs> if you fail, the cats don't make it to the raft and therefore are consumed by the fire. So keep that in mind. If you're playing with children, it's a very child friendly game in terms of rules, but that, that is one thing where my daughter's like, why do the cats have to die? I'm like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. The cats do have to die. I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeez. Um, so this is a cooperative game, right? You're, and it's, the rules are very simple. You have a handful of cards. They have different paths on them. Um, you, when you draw cards, there's multiple decks, and the decks tell you like the percentage chance you have of getting the different terrain types, which is very cool. I like that. It handles like deck variability very well. 
and you'll have a certain number of cards. And when it's your turn, you play a card out that is supposed to help build a path to get your cat. And each cat can only travel on one type of terrain to the raft. Every time you place a card, and also when other certain other things happen, you have to take a fire token from the bag, and they're like different size polyominoes, and place it somewhere on the board. Usually at the beginning, you know, off to the side out of the way, but eventually you have to place them pretty close to the cats, and you have to hope that you can move through there. Um, on your turn, you can choose to not place a card and just move your cat as far forward as you want. And that's how you open up more space to place fire behind the cat, but also get the cat towards the raft. So it's a big puzzle. It's all puzzle. You're trying to, as efficiently as possible, get the cats to the raft by maximizing the amount they can move in one go, but also not waiting so long that they get consumed by the fire. And that's basically the game. They, As you go through the different scenarios, different rules come in. There's other things you can do. There's like, it, it almost becomes like uh, uh, the crew at a certain point where you have to save certain cats in certain order. So like, oh, the blue cat won't go on the raft first. So you have to bring the yellow cat onto the raft first. Blue cat has to go last because they're very picky about when they get on the raft, right? Um, which is always like one of the tricks that what's, what makes the crew so hard. So the early games, the scenarios, as you start the game are very simple. Um, as you get further on and there's 81 scenarios again like the crew there's a bunch uh, it gets a little more complicated so I I think the challenge level is great because those early tutorials are perfect for kids and you can kind of ramp your way up um, the later ones are almost certainly going to be a little bit much because uh, they are hard they're meant to be hard you're going to lose um, the one thing I have an issue with in the game is like when you get into the cooperative rules it has a lot of like ifs and thens about when you can communicate and how you can communicate. And you can do this and you can't do this. And when you're about to play a card, everybody has to be silent. But it, you have this token that you can sometimes play that lets you speak. Nobody can keep track of it, right? Like I can keep track of it, but the kids, they just say things because they're kids, right? If this is a family weight game, having communication barriers and rules like that, it just, it doesn't work. <laughs> it gets messy. Um, and it, honestly, it makes the game easier, obviously, when the kids can communicate what cards they have. But it, I feel like the cooperative rules are a little janky uh, and kind of designed in such a way because as they were playtesting it, maybe it's like, oh, it's a little too easy if you can just talk to each other. Um, it does take away like quarterbacking in the game, but at the same time, only if people actually follow them, which is the problem with any of these cooperative games of communication rules. Do people follow them to the letter, right? Uh, as a solo game, it's a fantastic little puzzle. I love it. And so I think playing it solo or just like with two people uh, is probably the best way to go. And I've had a lot of fun with it. So I know there's been some some buzz out there. Some people didn't enjoy this game as much. I think it you have to know what you're getting into and it, what you're to expect. It is a puzzle and it has some wonky cooperative stuff in it. But if that doesn't bother you or if you're playing with the right people, it flows very smoothly. Um, it's not really like Isle of Cats at all, except the theme and the artwork. So, and you got polyominoes, but they're not the cats themselves. It's the fire. The fire is the polyominoes. <laughs> um, so this one is like a, a high play for me. It's not quite a buy because the co-op stuff could use some tweakage. Um, I'm not even sure how you would do that, but I, we still had fun with it. And in terms of co-ops, we've played it. It's, a, it's up there. So it's a high play right in the line to buy. I, I feel like I could come back in like a month or two and maybe even upgrade my 
my recommendation based on how much it gets played. We'll see how much we get addicted to it. But Race to the Raft, very good. Um, it's kind of expensive for what it is, I will say. Like 60 bucks on Amazon after discount, which is a lot. But um, if you find the cheaper copy or you really like the theme or you just want to play a, a big puzzle game that has a bunch of replayability, Race to the Raft is uh, very solid. So the play from me. Nice. So is this one of those situations where they clearly took another game and they were like, they stuck the Isle of Cats theme on this? It's designed by the same guy. Okay. Um, Frank West is the owner of the of the company, um, City of Games. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is, yeah, he probably had some formula he built up. Sure. Math, like some little puzzle he put together. And he's like, oh, that's a fun little puzzle. And he's like, well, people like my cats. Let's do that. <laughs> Yeah, because I can put that on Kickstarter and I'll make a bunch of money. Sure, it's cats, right? And the <laughs> so first, and the first game did so well, so it makes sense. Yeah, there's been like two or three Kickstarters for the Isle of Cats. There's the Isle of Cats Explore and Draw. Ironically, West's first game, The City of Kings, is like a dungeon crawl type thing with like more traditional fantasy type artwork. Um, it's almost like Gloomhaven ish, and it's also a very good game. It's nothing like the stuff he releases now, though, which is kind of funny. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Excellent. And this plays a lot of different player counts in solo. It's one to four players. Uh and it's co-op, so it's it's super variable how you want to do it. Uh I, I think four players if you're playing with your family might be a little clunky. It was on my end, but sure. one or two people. I had fun playing it solo. It's a good puzzle. It's not like it's easy enough for kids to play, but it's not like only kids could play it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool. It's nice to have another game in that collection. All right, well, I got a game to the table that I know a lot of people have hopefully got a chance to play because it was a big nominee and winner last year. This is Heat, Pedal to the Metal. Somehow I feel like there's an exclamation point missing from that title. But this is a Days of Wonder game, and it is a race car uh, game. And I I guess probably best to say the mechanics or the background is Flamme Rouge, which I know you played, Anthony. You played that previously. I have not played that. So this was I I love Flamme Rouge. Yeah. I was very excited when they turned it into race cars. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was always always wanted to play that. I think actually, ironically enough, at our charity event way back, <laughs> I think it was 2019, I think you played this at the at the event. And of course I was running around to do 12 other things, but Flamme Rouge, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was excited to play this because I again I, I do like bicycles, so bicycle racing, cycling is awesome. Uh race cars are fine we've played a lot of games like that formula d just there's just a whole bunch of these kind of like moving cars on a track thing but it's days of wonder and days of wonders is awesome and it's uh vincent dutre he's awesome as as an artist here so what is the game like well again as you can imagine it's your standard cars racing around a track uh production is top notch more or less i mean for a board game it's not super deluxe cars like you would find on kickstarter but basically the game itself comes with four different tracks there's usa france britain and italy nothing radically different they're just slightly shaped and the artwork is is okay it's it's out there the race cars themselves little plastic race cars uh six cars six different colors to play you get a uh player board along with a gear pawn and the gear pawn is very important because the gear is going to determine how many cards you're going to be playing each turn 
and if there's any challenges kind of associated with that. Uh, there's a lot of car basic cards in this game, and the cards that you're going to be playing from your hand are movement cards. Not too surprising. We've seen this in a lot of games previously. So they typically run from zero to five, and then there's some special cards which I'll talk about later. But basically, at the start of the race, on your turn, you will be deciding how many cards you place, you play, and you'll move up your gears to be able to play that number of cards. And again, you got to be careful because there is a there's a lot of mechanics in this game that really brings it up past kind of those kind of gateway games and makes it more of a gamer's kind of game. So you're deciding how many cards you want to play. Of course, you want to play all the cards that you can, but based on where your your gears are, you can only play a certain number of cards unless you kind of shift shift gears. When you do that, depending on how far you move it, it's either fine or it's actually going to cost you heat. Now, heat's a big part of the game. I'll get into that in a second. But basically, where your gears are set is how many cards you can play. And you basically want to move as far and as fast as possible. And then as the game goes on, that's where the challenges come into play. So you reveal your cards on your turn. You take your cards out. You you calculate the numbers. You move that far on the track. There's also stress cards in the game and heat cards in the game. So your engine's producing heat. That's good and bad. It's bad when it's in your deck and your hand because it clogs things up and it doesn't allow you to play cards. But it's good when it's on your engine block on your player board because you're going to have to spend heat in order to do extra actions. The stress cards are just, hey, this is very stressful. So this is a wild card. So basically, instead of just playing the straight numbers, you're going to play a stress card, and then you're going to take a card from your deck and eventually find one with the gauge on it. And that's going to say, well, you were stressed out, you were a little confused, or you were a little excited, and you moved a certain number of distance that you did not know. So throughout the game, you're moving, you're dealing with a lot of different challenges, and you have an opportunity to react to those different challenges in a lot of different ways. So so first off, there's turns, like any good race. Those turns are really the most difficult part of the game because the turns want you to keep a certain speed in order to make the turn. So if you play, if the turn limit is three and you play speed seven, now you got a problem. So what you can do to mitigate that is you can play heat cards from your hand, um, or I'm sorry, not your hand, the board, in order to, you know, mitigate the amount of extra speed you're putting into that turn. If you don't have them, you spin out and then bad stuff tends to happen at that point. But throughout the game, you have opportunities to uh, get a little adrenaline boost, which lets you move up, put heat into your main player board. There's also an opportunity to react to certain situations. And also you can cool down your cards. So as you shift down your gears and play less cards, it'll allow you to take heat from your hand and put it onto the main board. Throughout the game, there'll be a number of opportunities to boost, to gain some extra speed at a cost of heat, but there's also an opportunity to slipstream. So the challenge with a lot of the racing game is how do you deal with the situation where there's other cars in front of you or blocking certain ways? Every game has a different situation here. This one allows you to just move through the other cars. Good, bad, I don't know. But there's also another opportunity if you're behind, you can slipstream. If you're behind a car or next to a car, you can move two spaces forward and kind of like 
jockey for position and move up as fast as you can. So basically, it's a bit of a deck builder. It's kind of set as far as how many cards you get and what type of cards those are. But you're able to discard cards that are the number cards each round. You get stuck with the stress cards. You get stuck with the, the heat cards. But there's ways to get rid of them as well. Pretty much that's it as far as the game is concerned. Uh, it's fast. It's light. Um, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's, it's not light, light. We've played a lot of games. We played a racing game from GMT way back in the day. I don't know if you remember that game, Anthony. That had like a lot of crunch to it. Like it's yeah. all about the, the mechanics and the brakes and the tires. This is not the case. This is a game about moving strategically, having a little fun playing a bunch of cards, dealing with the turns, managing your heat and determining when to spend your heat and then just blowing out the engine as quickly as possible to win the game. This plays well with gateway gamers, not gateway people. Gateway people can play this game. It's not hard or difficult. Days of Wonder is a great company for gateway gamers, but they will have a problem if they don't calculate properly or don't manage their heat well. That's going to run into a little bit of a challenge. Now, beyond the base game, the base game itself, I would say, is a play. Where the game takes it to the next level is they have an advanced play and championship system. First off, they have a legend system, which I want to talk about because the game really only plays well at the higher player count uh, because you do need you do want to draft. <laughs> you, know, you want to pass slipstream past other players. And when you don't have that mechanic, if it's a two-player game, you really don't benefit from those kind of challenges of dealing with other cars and coming around certain turns. So the Legends module allows you to have like a, a bot. It has a, a deck of cards. So it allows you to easily play with additional cars in the game just by flipping a card. It'll tell you exactly how many spaces a particular car moves and then you, then you move it. It's not cumbersome. It doesn't get in the way. It's fine. Beyond that, there's a lot of other modules in the game. There's a weather road condition module that just adds some variability to the maps. There is a garage module, which allows you to do a little drafting deck building, which gives your car a little more specialty than just the kind of the basic cards in the game. And then there's a championship system where you can actually play three games back to back and score points. And there's also bonuses and there's also uh, advertising sponsorship cards that will gain you special abilities if you special cards and abilities if you did like what the card requires you to do. So this game is a lot more than just the kind of basic car moving game, so to speak. It actually offers a lot of complexity and challenge, but at no time did it feel like over cumbersome at any level. A lot of people were able to play this without challenge. And typically every game came down to like, I don't know, one or two spots on the board, unless you spin out. If you spin out, it's a problem. But if you just do the math properly, it's a fun game. So it's a it's a heavy play for me. I'm not going to say a buy because I I don't think it really felt enough like I was racing, so to speak, more than just like managing a hand of cards and heat. Like I was doing one or two things. But if you do get a lot of gameplay out of this, if you do like the theme and you do play like the Legends module, you play the game multiple times and you do some of the deck building then it moves it up to a light buy for me. So that is Heat, Pedal to the Metal from Days of Wonder. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a game that I will at some point pick up when it's actually in print. Um, it's hard to find right now. 
Because I love too. Flamme Rouge, mm-hmm. and Flamme Rouge's pricing was always just banana stupid because of Stronghold games. Yep. Um, and it was also like two or three expansions for that that are hard to find, really hard to find. Yes. And they've, from what I've heard, they've rolled a lot of that stuff into this base box. Days of Wonder did, so you can get all that stuff for like sixty bucks instead of like two hundred for Flamme Rouge. Um, which I love, and I, I like I, again. I like the different theme of like sure. bicycle riding, but the accessibility here. And the Days of Wonder production, I'm, I'm really definitely interested in this one. Absolutely. It's a great game. All right. So that's everything that hit the table this week. Anthony, let's get on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we're taking a look at the hottest games that are happening on Board Game Geek. And Anthony's going to look into the future and tell us why they hit that list. I know everything. Ooh. Until spooky. I don't. And you all tell me what I'm wrong. <laughs> best part of the fun man yeah <laughs> all right um so we have the top 50 on board game geek i didn't make that board game geek did um but we're gonna go through them and we'll not gonna touch on every single one of the 50 because some of these games are just always here so it's not interesting say hey this one's here because it's here um we'll talk about the ones that are new or recently announced or Jumped up on this list because somebody said something about it in a weird way. Um, there's always a few of those. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you why. So it's, it's a good time. We'll have a good time. There you go. Uh, number 50. Kicking it off with a really weird game. Uh, Apiary. This is the weird Space Bees game. <laughs> Hyper-intelligent so Space Bees. Hyper-intelligent Space Bees. Uh, duh. Take to outer space to build, explore, and grow. I don't... I used to be like automatic on Stonemaier games, and now I'm, I'm definitely more careful uh, about it, because some, some of the games come out, they're not as good, um, like any publisher. But this is so weird. Like, <laughs> I want this to be good, because it's sure. so weird. Yeah. Space Bees. That's only but No one's going to call it Apiary. It's going to be, oh, you want to play Space Bees? It's going to be 100% Space Bees. And again, they really went out of their way to combine the idea of them being bees. It's not like Oh, there'd be like people who are just, I don't know, in Star Trek or something. No, no. There's real B mechanics in here on top of the fact that they're in space. Yeah, they are. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's good. Uh, 49 is Ark Nova Marine Worlds. This is the new expansion for Ark Nova, which will absolutely be up there once it releases next month. But uh, Vassal just posted his review yesterday when we're recording. So that's why it's. Yep. Number 49. I imagine by the time you're listening to this, it will be in the 20s because that review will have propagated further. Yeah, he loved it. And it's it's a it's an obvious buy for anyone who likes Ark Nova. And again, it might be the thing that moves Ark Nova up to the number one. Just calling it. I It could be. It looks like a good expansion. It's not the one I want. Uh-huh. The game, the, the expansion that will help fix the deck or oh jumpstart the beginning of the game. Please. But <laughs> it seems like a good expansion nonetheless. Yes. So it's. I have it pre-ordered. I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. All right. Uh, number 48 is Millennia. This yes. is the new game from Karma Games. It's, hitting, it's on Kickstarter now. Um, Karma Games is the company that published uh, the game that completely just flew through my brain. Clans of Caledonia. There yes. You know. It's on my shelf. Um, and it's designed by Orestes Leonartidis and Mike Giorgio, who worked on some interesting recent games, nothing like explosive that's done amazing, but both decent games, Zen Garden and Evidence. Um, 
looks cool. It's like a civilization building type game built over time. Yeah, it's definitely on the abstract style, you know, as far as like you playing the cards and then there's like a main board where you do all the things. But yeah, you will not miss the fact that this is from the careers of clans of Caledonia. They mention it like every other paragraph. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, the designers have nothing to do with that. It's just the publisher. But yes, they're, they're definitely leaning into that as to sell it. It looks cool. Yeah, it I does love, look cool. I love yeah, a good Civ game. Yeah. Yeah, it gives me Gentis vibes with like the time mechanic. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. I, I see that. Nice. All right. Uh, number 47 is Castles of Burgundy, which what? just got a new version. Who? Everybody got their version. I know. It's it's a classic, but it's it's on here almost certainly because of the, the new version from Awakened Realms. Super Giant Castles. Um, Super Giant Castles. <laughs> I, I played my version uh, solo a couple times last week, week before. It's good. Big. It's well to set up. <laughs> We're gonna. It's it's also it's also never leaving the house. So <laughs> we we were talking about the evolution of space bees. What what's the evolution of gamers that you know? Once upon a time, they they got their games and they went and they played somewhere, and now it's just like, no, no, no. It's it's this hulking kind of gigantic thing that we you either have to come to my place because I can't physically move it because it has a gravitational pull, or we're going to have to like evolutionary evolve to a point where we're going to have to like be able to carry these things somehow i i think we might need a new review scale like we'll oh. give it a review uh-huh. oh it's a play but it's absolutely unplayable <laughs> <laughs> i think the game is good but it takes up too much space it weighs 30 pounds and the rules take four hours to get through so no you can't play this game i still like the fact that the, the game boxes are so up you know literally obtuse right like they're just giant square cubes that somehow you're you're meant to carry i mean i way back in the day there used to be coffin boxes yeah and those were like people now you know people now are like oh please why why would you have this giant rectangle like that's impossible to bring it in now we have giant cubes so everything's a giant yeah. cube and and the parts inside yep. are giant too so tables need to get bigger no. people <laughs> it's yeah i know yeah i my, my wife bought me this nice big table for our anniversary in the basement and it's full Voidfall completely filled it, and I have some stuff on the chair next to me. Like, this is dumb. (laughs) This is too much stuff. All right, back to the list. Uh, Number 44, I talked about last week uh, Planet Nubo from Michael Keller, Andres Ode Odendahl, and Ove Rosenberg. This is the uh, Sky Garden game, is coming uh, at Essen. It's Solar Punk. Solar Punk, man. Solar Punk. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I dig it. I like anything punk, but especially when it's bright. Yes. I just want bright games. I'm tired of dark <laughs> Gotcha. I don't even know what that means, but like, give me brightness. I'm happy with that. You don't want another dystopian landscape to play for four hours? No. No dystopias. I don't think I've ever played a dystopian board game. Like, anytime someone pulls one out, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. How about Space Bees? Like... Space Bees? Space... I play Space Bees. Space Bees might Although be Although that... that game does actually look kind of dark. So I don't know. Mm, gotcha. Artwork-wise. Too dark, guys. Uh, all right, number 43 is Carvey. This is a new game from Torger Chong, uh, first-time designer, but it's the one of the new releases from Hansim Gluck. Uh, they release one or two games every year at Essen. This is one of their big ones. It's two to three hours, big, heavy Euro. Um, it's about traveling around the northern seas, Euro Jarl. It's a Viking game. <laughs> it's a so, Viking game. It's a Viking game. Enough said. I don't know much more about that, but it, people are like, yeah, Vikings are cool. Vikings are cool. Uh, 42 
is Molly House. This is from designer Joe Kelly. Uh, this game was a finalist for the 2021 Zenobia Award. And the Zenobia Awards uh, was this effort to try to bring out more historical games, but specifically historically accurate games that did a good job of presenting their theme. So um, Cole Worley and his company, Worley Gig Games, is going to be publishing this. Nice. And that's amazing because it's, uh, it's good to see games like this getting pushed out. So Molly House is about players taking on the roles of gender-defying mollies of early 18th century London. Sure. Um, so it's, you know, LGBTQ uh, themed effectively, but like a historical sense and what that looked like. And it's not a theme we have at all. And I'm, I'm glad that it exists. Yeah, no, love learning stuff about, you know, actual history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, no, it's about the history of Europe. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, number 40 we talked about not too long ago, Civilution. This is uh, Stefan Feld's big Civ game. Oh, I don't know a lot about yet. Please be good. Please be I good. I really want it to be good. Please, yeah. <laughs> please. Look, look, Stefan, look. I just bought a ridiculous amount of stuff for your city collection. You know it. I know it. Not the best, man. Just not the best. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy at the moment. Lots of money. Not cool. Um, if this is cool, if this is good, everything's good between us. I'm just saying it right now. We're cool if yeah. this is if this works. I'm just saying. I'm willing. I'm willing to be heard again. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just we'll don't buds. Yes. Don't kickstart this, man. Just that's all I'm saying. I really, I would be really upset. I don't think this company's ever done a Kickstarter. If they suddenly start here, I'd be like, come on, this has got to be coming from Feld. What's going on here? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Knock it off. All right. Uh, next up, we have number thirty-nine, Barcelona. From designer Danny Garcia and Board and Dice. This was their Gen Con release. Um, neither of us had a chance to play this yet, but we do actually have a review copy that's come in. So sometime in the next three, four weeks, we'll be playing this and we'll be talking about it. Nice. Uh, but this is Board and Dice moving to a different art style, which I think we were all very happy about. Very much so. It looks great. Yeah. It looks it's not it's not a tea game. So yeah. that's also good. And it really, like you said, it has a different aesthetic to it across the board. So looking forward to playing this. Really excited. Absolutely. And again, re- very much historically representative of Barcelona and why the buildings were built and the city plan was made in such a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love games like this. that tell mm-hmm. us like how a city was built. Like a weird sub-niche of games that I, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, 38 is Raw. This is the 1999 classic from Reiner Knizia. has a big fancy new version from 25th century chris you just talked about this not too long ago yeah that's why it's on um, the list here yeah because you talked about it. <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah it's not the shut up and sit down video <laughs> no 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 they're, they're 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 nice they're nice guys they're nice guys but yeah, let's, yeah. let's be they're honest doing their best they're, they're doing yeah i love how that video is like ostensibly about almond ray that one's not on the list but then at the end they're like raw is better and that, <laughs> that one's on the list <laughs> I, I like almond ray better I'm just saying, but it's again, I, it, I do too, but we, we both like longer games. We do. So. Yeah. It's Amon Ray is really cool. Like we, we should pull that out again. I, I think there was a, there was a rework, right? There was a new deluxe edition. Not many years. Ago. Yeah. That's yeah. That the shut up and sit down review was looking at that. I actually have that. I backed it. Excellent. Both of these kind of were on GameCon at the same time. So it's a very cool game. Like the fact that like you build up and then it wipes and then you have to build up again. Very, very yeah. cool. Raw's great too. Raw's great. Rod's great. It's just shorter and it's you different. yell more. <laughs> you do yell a lot in that game. <laughs> Much more yelling. Uh, all right. Next up on the list at number 37 is Hickory Dickory. 
from Plaid Hat Games. Mm-hmm. I I feel like you pointed this out to I me did. at some point, and I just never went to look at it. What is this? It's on sale. That's why it's here. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I saw it on sale. I was sale. wondering, because I'm like, because I, I vaguely looked at it. It's like, oh, there's something about mice and a clock, and I just wasn't interested. And I'm like, why is it on the hotness? I can't find anything. It's a beautiful production of a game. I never got a chance to play it. We, so I don't know anything else about it other than it's, we saw it at the convention. I was like, hey, Anthony, look at that. And then it's been on sale. So mm, yeah. I, I guess a lot of people didn't say, hey, hey, look at that. So they didn't yeah. sell as many as, as they wanted to. Yeah. Or they did and everybody ignored them like I did. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, we're going to jump up a little bit because we've got a lot of like main stairs here. We got the root and the wingspan and the Everdell and the Arkham Horror. They're always here on the list. Yep. Um, 31 is Among Cultists, a social deduction thriller. This is it's number one on the Essen Hotness list on Board Game Geek. Huge with Europeans. Huge, apparently. Yes. Um, is it? It is, for some reason. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if this was like one of those things where they're like paying people to go thumb it or emailing all their friends, but People are very excited about this. I'm sure it's somewhere. that too, but again, I think this is, plays a little bit more to their game style, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I mean, it looks interesting. It's. I mean, but it's social deduction. Yeah. And like big long social deduction, so definitely not for me. Ditto. Uh, all right, number twenty-eight. We got Final Girl. There's a new season gone Kickstarter. I think. Yeah. Third set. Holiday season. They just launched. Yep. Holiday season. Nice. It's a holiday season. Uh. So this is the, it's Hostage Negotiator, but with horror stuff. But I guess now people say Final Girl. They don't know about Hostage Negotiator, so that's probably not a good comparison. Um, Should it be Final Girls? I mean, there's so many versions of this now out there. I mean, each time you play, there is a Final Girl. It's true. It's it's the trope, right? The Final Girl trope? Yeah. 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 I just, who knew there were so many different horror movies with so (laughs) many different tropes that they could draw on? Because they're up to like 20 of these now. Wow. Uh. It's cool. It's, if you like solo puzzles that rely on a lot of dice rolls that you have to mitigate, this is your game, assuming you like horror stuff, because it's all horror stuff. Sure. All right. Uh, moving up, we got 27, Terraforming Mars, the dice game. It finished shipping, so everybody's playing it. It's amazing. I love it. That's, we talked about it before. <laughs> yeah, Gave we did. Buy. Yeah, we, I think we, yeah, we, we, we both liked it. I know that some people did not, but I, I think it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm surprised where the ratings are at on this, but I think it's good. I still like Ares Expedition better, but this is this is up there. Yeah. Uh 26 is Hegemony, leader class to victory. Uh this is an interesting one. It's it's been on the hotness for a while, but it kind of bumped its way up a little bit further in recent days and weeks. This is super out of print, it's like 300 bucks if you want a copy, so um people are just like give me the game. Where do I get the game? I want to find the game. I have a copy of this. I backed this on Kickstarter and I did, I did what you're doing. Like it's, it's unpacked. It's just all over the place. It's, it's one of those from everything I heard and I believe it because I went through the Kickstarter pretty extensively. And again, this, there's a lot of historical economic kind of understanding and truth here. It, it just has so much to offer. Problem is it's four separate players and you have to learn all four players to teach this. And really people need to, it's, it's one of those games. It's like, yeah, it's truly asymmetric. Yeah. That's the barrier that I'm at with it too. Yes. I also have it. I've pulled it out twice and tried to learn it. And I was like, I don't have the energy for this right now. I'll come back. Gotcha. I will eventually come back. 
Uh, number 25, Lost Ruins Varnak. We've got a new expansion that released uh, Gen Con, so everybody's playing that. It's great. It's great. Love it. Good Reviewed stuff. it. Thumbs up. Hell yeah. Uh, number 24, The Veil of Eternity. This is a new engine building game i don't know it's got animals you're running around you're trying to hunt monsters and tame them make get minions yeah cool artwork um that's all i know about this game yeah <laughs> i think i think the it's the artwork which is pretty extraordinary here so yeah yeah it's it's not coming from like a place of like strong design pedigree or lack thereof it's yeah. just you know it looks pretty um I think Z Garcia might have recently done a review as well. So that probably has helped him sure. up a little bit. Dice Tower coverage will do that. Uh, moving our way up the list, we have The Witcher Old World at number 20. This has been up there for a while, but they have a new release uh, on the horizon from Go On Board. More Witcher content coming now mm-hmm. that this has been fully shipped. Uh, number 19 is Expeditions. This is the, it's a Scythe sequel, but mechanically it's not really at all. So. It's uh, a sequel in the world of Scythe is probably the best way to put it. Um, we'll be talking about this one at some point soon. I do have a copy of it. I've played it a little bit, but not enough really to review it yet. Uh, it's an interesting take on that world. Number 17 is Life of the Amazonia. So this is uh, a game in which you are in the jungle. You've got all these little amazing animal meeples and you're checking stuff out in the Amazon with all this biodiversity and it's got this like three layer track with the river flowing down. It's very pretty. Very, very pretty. Yep. So it's a, it's a meeple placement game, but it's, it's a cool looking kind of thing that would only exist on Kickstarter. Uh, number 16, Cascadero. This is re-implemented by Cascadito. And these are both coming from Reiner Knizia and Bitewing games. They're going to be Kickstarted. So there's two games actually coming um, here. And this was, uh, I don't remember which one came first, but they're both listing 2024. So it's a great mystery. But, you know, tool artwork over a Reiner Knizia design. Um, and kind of a medieval theme. So people are all about it. And one of the best box covers I've seen in quite some time. It's really pretty. Yeah. You know, tool just keeps out doing himself. Uh, number 15 is Nucleum. This is the new board and dice game. It's releasing at Essen. Uh, from Simone Luciani and David Turchi. I've uh, heard of them. You have. I have. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Turchi to edit his games to be a little smaller <laughs> on my table. Uh, this is like everybody's calling it like brass, but with with Simone Luciani. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is fully brass, but it's got roots and you're moving stuff around and it's got all this all the tracks and, and whatnot that you get in a Luciani game. Um. I just like it because it's got that bright green spirium color on the cover. Yeah, kind of like that steampunkish Tesla style theme. So I'm I'm excited to check this out. Uh, moving up the list, we have number thirteen, Printing Press, which I honestly thought was like revamping Gutenberg. Which it... I guess it's a <laughs> separate game. Weirdly enough, it's a separate game. How'd they do yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're just like, let's do the exact same thing but different. And, ho- um, and hopefully better. Yeah. So it's got a lot of the same aesthetic. Uh, it's got the same style of letters, obviously, because we're looking at the, the Gutenberg press letters. Yes. Which they look like what they look like. Um, artistically, it looks very similar. It's also coming from Grana. I'm not really sure what they're doing. Like, 
they're releasing a game to compete with its own game. It's um, they're they're double down on the theme there. Yeah, uh, Vassal reviewed this last week, so I think it's probably why it jumped up. But it is coming out here this fall. Number eleven is Terraforming Mars because the designers of Terraforming Mars uh, got in trouble last week for AI <laughs> stuff. So. Um, and they actually came out and said they will not be using AI in future projects. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Who knows? Just hire Eno Tool. I mean, just yeah. do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do do a new. Just do what they're doing with Dune. Right. Just do Terraform Mars. Hire Eno Tool. Take all your expansions. Throw them out. Save Prelude. Stick it in, and you're fine. I mean. Just do it, man. I'll buy it again. I'll literally buy the game again if you do the right thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't even have to wait that long. Like th- two years, three years, $3 million. Easy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is the Castles of Burgundy Special Edition. We talked about the Castles of Burgundy. This is the special edition. <laughs> no news there. It's, people got it. Special. Number nine is Age of Innovation. Uh, I have this. I've been playing it. We're going to talk about it next week, hopefully. Um, it's the third version of the Terra Mystica universe, but now you have technology. Oh, fancy. Not quite. But <laughs> All right. Machines. Um, number seven. This one's interesting. Food chain magnates. What? Uh, they're making it. They're making a new. Prettier ish version. Mostly they're giving him miniatures now. Right. That's the difference. I, I think that's it was big news. It was weirdly big news. And again, if you're not into the food chain magnet splatter spelling games you don't know why it's big news because splatter has always i don't know i don't want to say always but like prided themselves on like amazing game mechanics but with a very 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 bare down graphic design and artwork look to it it's not bad but it's not bad if you're a euro game player who loves heavy games Everyone else stays like a million miles away from it. So when they announced a partnership to actually produce a super quasi deluxe with new artwork and everything else out there, the internet went kind of crazy for a second because again, Fuche Magnet has been out for quite some time, has an expansion and the production is probably their best production. Arguably. I I, I don't even think arguably, I think it is their best production. The artwork, the, Graphic design, the the little meeple pieces for the different, you know, foods and beverages and stuff like that. It's good. So, yeah, this was kind of surprising that they're going to do fancy version of it. I I just, I want to know what it's going to cost. Because they say it's going to come with the expansion stuff. Yes. The if you up. go buy the base game and the expansion now, it's $220. Just for the old version. What are they going to charge for all the new stuff? I have no idea. I think that's what that's been the constant question at this point. They're working with Lucky Duck Games, and this is going to be going up on GameFound. Who, I don't know. Take it. I just they're expensive. <laughs> they're just yeah. They're just typically a little more expensive than Kickstarter, which is I guess saying a lot. I mean, the artwork is out there. You can take a look at this online. It looks great, but I don't think the other version looked bad. I think the other version no. was very iconic because it was representing the time. So, and they've come out and said there will be zero gameplay changes. So it's purely aesthetic. Yeah, if you if you look at this and you're like, this is really cute. I want to pick this up. More power to you. God bless and all those things. But if you you don't know what you're in for, <laughs> like 
No. It's a great game, but it is it is crunchy, my friends. It is crunchy. And mean. Oh, it is mean. So mean. It's super mean. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of game where you can have a bad turn in like the first 40 minutes and you were stuck with that decision for the next four hours. Yep. So, which is fun. For some people. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't like that kind of thing, don't buy it because it's pretty because you're going to be unhappy with your choices. Yeah. Again, if this was April 1st or around April 1st, I would think this was a, a joke but nope <laughs> again nope put put your uh think where everybody everyone out there right now what do you think this is going to cost is it going to be over 300 i think so okay gotcha i think they'll they'll find some stuff to throw on the add-ons like game mats or something they'll make it 300 bucks gotcha all right uh boo <laughs> um number six heat pedal to the metal you just talked about it Woo! Great game, See, great game. i tell you man we haven't even published a review and it's already on the bg hotness I know. See? How do they know? They know. See? They're calling you right now. Yeah. <laughs> My watch is like, hey, it's blowing up. They knew. <laughs> uh, number five is an updated version of Yokohama because Tasty Minstrel is, of course, out of business now. So other companies are getting access to those licenses. Um, I like the original version of Yokohama from Tasty Minstrel. I don't know that I would want a new version. I have the original. But this is also pretty. So if you can't get the original, which is now out of print and very expensive, then by all means, this is great. It's a great game. Excellent. Number four is Evacuation, which I talked about uh, top of the show. So, yep, that's on the radar. Number three is Voidfall, which I also talked about at the top of the show. And I'll be talking about next week and the week after and the week after. And eventually I'll play it. You're crushing it, man. Uh, Once I've learned it. Yeah, I am crushing it. Uh, Number two, Lords of Ragnarok. This is here because, no pun intended, uh, I mean, it, it did ship not too long ago, but no pun intended, did a review where they skewered the game. Oof. Absolutely skewered it. One of the most brutal reviews I've seen in a while. Very fun. You should go watch it. Um, but like use it as a jumping off point to skewer the whole crowdfunding model in general. Sure. Um, which we've talked about a bit, but I, I think Efka does a really good job of condensing it and making it very clear what the problems are. And I agree with almost everything he said. Absolutely. So. Have not played this. I did actually back it. I have it. Um, oh boy, I played it, but <laughs> there, there's a good chance I never do now because I'm like I'm not going to take this out and bother to learn it if it's actually that bad. <laughs> so, um, and number one, ironically, is Dragon Eclipse, which oh. is the new game from Awaken Realms. <laughs> so, Ugh. um, all that great publicity around um, Lords of Ragnarok doesn't seem to be hurting them. They're at like two million dollars right now in Game Found. It is a one to two player game only a card management game in this fantasy realm of all these dragons. I, it looks really cool, but Efka made a lot of really good points about how their games are often just like this sprawling mess with no playtesting. And I was like, oh, yeah, it has been my experience. So maybe I won't back this. Now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have had that. Um, so there you go. That's all of it. Wow. People do like the dragon miniatures, though. They are very pretty. I, I'm tempted, but they're also very expensive, so I'm also not tempted. Yeah, it's a thing. Well, that's everything for us this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>